Hi everyone, it's Sunday the 31st of January and this is the audio version just because some of you have said that you really liked having an audio version of the newsletter that you could just listen to instead of read. Pardon the Sunday afternoon sounds here, there's children outside in the garden, there's a kitchen being cleared, chairs being scraped, cats flying around, it's chaos as usual but I did just want to say hello, happy new year and happy Candlemas if you celebrate. It has been a while since I've got a newsletter out. It was, I think, just before New Year. How are you? I would love to know how the first few weeks of the New Year have been for you, especially after a Christmas and holiday season that looked so different again for so many. Personally, I've loved seeing all the posts on Instagram of those postponed family gatherings and get-togethers, Christmas trees left up a little longer, crackers pulled and paper crowns worn long after the New Year's corks had popped. Late entries of sorts, yet somehow all the more precious for it. Also, I can't help thinking that just the sight of the crib scene, our nativity, which is still at the front of church and was there this morning on the morning of um, Candlemas, still aglow, sort of almost reminding us and saying, there's no need to rush on through and hurry just yet. That's something I didn't put in the newsletter, but that's just something I've thought of since. So I thought I'd mention it, but I would really, really love to hear whether or not your holidays have kind of spilled into this month as well, or if they couldn't happen at all, or things have been unbelievably hard. I'm so sorry. When I wrote in my last newsletter that I wanted to finish last year with love, I could never have envisaged how that would look for us. My mother ended up in hospital after a fall on Christmas Day needing surgery and we couldn't be with her or my dad as we all went down with the bug. Thank you so much to those of you who left lovely, kind messages here on Substack by email and over on Instagram. She's healing well, for which we're so grateful. It's been super hard and my heart goes out to everyone who's experienced similar trials and continue to. I want to share one comment though on a post which I wrote the first time that I made it into hospital to visit my mum. I tapped it into my phone whilst I was waiting in a corridor wearing full visitors PPE. Sunday best, as in truly the best and the only place I would want to be in this moment. Visiting my dear mum in hospital for the first time since she fell on Christmas day. Everyone here, from the healthcare assistants and nurses to the kindest lady on reception, have been wonderful. And I've never been happier to be wearing such a last-minute throw-it-on-and-run outfit combo, even if I slightly feel like I should be doing someone's foil highlights. In response to the post, writer Crystal Hammond made the following observation. She said, You know you're in important space when what you have on your body matters not. Oof, I've been thinking about that ever since. Flimsy plastic apron and blue gloves aside, I was just so happy to be at bed eight, overlooking the harbour, and seeing my mother's eyes light up, literally. I have a ridiculous selfie of us on my phone of that moment that I will forever treasure. After a couple of false starts, I made it back to my weekly Pilates class last week, and I'm so glad I did. I'm not great at it, but I always feel better afterwards. I head home over the bridge feeling energised, walking taller and breathing more deeply than when I rushed late to class over it an hour earlier. I've come a long way. You know the expression, dance like no one's watching. Well, for me, it's dance like Miss Meacock from Modern Dance and ballet isn't watching. Miss Meacock was my childhood ballet teacher at the Richmond School of Dancing. 
old school in every sense and beloved for it. She was iconic and her reputation preceded her. Every Saturday, I'd turn up to class in a vivid purple leotard, matching tights and black ballet shoes for modern, or white with pink tights and shoes, plus a baby blue wrap-over cardigan for ballet knitted by my mother. The big mirrored studio smelt of dusty, soft leather ballet shoes. I'd always hide at the back, desperately trying to avoid Miss Meacock's beady eye as she sat bolt upright at the piano and called out instructions. The only one I remember? Mouth closed at the back, Jenny! I made it to one end of year performance at the Wimbledon Theatre, in which I mostly swayed a lot in a red satin skater dress and earmuffs while the other girls danced around me to Winter Wonderland. Over the years, any exercise situation with mirrors has always got my inner ten-year-old rising. Yet doing Pilates, mat-to-mat with my friend Becky at our local studio, is the highlight of my week, or one of them. And not just because she cracks me up with her cries of hideous and impossible throughout. It's the showing up with a group of women of all ages and fitness levels, united in the same goal, to get fitter and stronger together in body and mind. Our teacher gives the gentlest of guidance and the kindest correction, even when you collapse in an uncoordinated heap mid-threading the needle. Another friend, who's been through an incredibly hard time since Christmas, told me this week that she decided to take a ballet class for the first time herself since childhood. Her teacher was in the same mould as mine and would use a cane to tap out the rhythm of the music on the studio floorboards. She was in at the deep end, but she loved it. Just earlier today, I came across Pilates instructor Nicole Field, who focuses on the mind-body connection in her work and the role of movement in recovering from trauma. I'd love to learn more about her approach and I might ask her onto the podcast more about that soon. I don't think that there's ever been a better time to draw up our mats alongside each other, to dance, live and love like everyone's watching and to know that it matters not. Last but not least, as much as possible, I'm going to be embedding pictures and pasting captions from social media when I mention them, so you won't need to click over onto social if you don't want to, you're not using it or if you're taking a break. On that note, I 100% recommend listening to an episode I've linked to in this newsletter of A Drink With A Friend and following the ongoing conversation between Seth Haynes and Tish Oxenrider. I've also been enjoying the new season of Joy Clarkson's podcast, Speaking With Joy. In the launch episode, she makes a defence of sorts for being aggressively happy, the title of her upcoming book. Coincidentally, I'm also reading Joy's sister, Sarah Clarkson's book right now, this beautiful truth on the recommendation of a friend who said I'd love it and she was right. Have you come across it yet? I'd really love to know if you have. In a similar vein to Joy's defence of aggressive happiness, Kelly Corrigan's latest podcast interview with science journalist Catherine Price about the power of fun left me wanting to take up singing classes, if not ballet. I've linked before to Florence-based tour guide Denya Pandolfi's Instagram page, which I love for the way she captures the city, its light, colours and everyday buzz. On Thursday this week, she posted some beautiful photos from Venice to mark Holocaust Remembrance Day. Finally, these words by St Gianna Beretta Molla help me to take a deep breath at the end of a long week of feeling in limbo with an ongoing situation in which we want to honour and care for family and it's difficult. I'm sharing them in case they might speak to you too. As to the past, let us entrust it to God's mercy, the future to divine providence. Our task is to live holy 
the present moment. Much love and more soon. I've so missed being in touch and as always, I'd love to hear from you. More this week, but for now, have a really lovely rest of your weekend wherever you are in the world. It's Sunday evening here now, so I think I'm going to go and put the kettle on again. Bye!